Lucy equals 1, n equals 1. As far as we can tell, there isn't actually another Lucy genetically, metabolistically, behaviorally. There are kids who share some of these, these um, traits, um, but we don't know what all the comorbidities are with what Lucy is doing. And we are just learning every day. This is what, what would Lucy, Lucy do? do? <laughs> so, Lucy is your daughter. She's, oh, yeah, yeah. And she yeah. has. She's a black lab. No, <laughs> yes, yes, she's, she's my child. Yes. <laughs> yes, hi. Anyway, non linear. Um, so, so, Lucy yeah. is your daughter, and she is eight years old. She actually turns nine on Sunday. Oh, right. Um, right that is yeah, lovely. So, she's going to turn nine on Sunday, and. Right now, I'm using that as a bit of a, a training tool, I guess. Um, Lucy is on the autism spectrum. Lucy also has chromosomal anomalies on the 9th, 10th, and 22nd chromosome. Um, we can go into the, the Q numbers if you really want. Um, if people are interested, please ask. And if there's anybody who has any interesting things on 9, 10, and 22 out there, um, contact us. But she also seems to have... A few other letters added to that alphabet soup that people tend to label children with. There's ASD, ADHD. There's a, a one that we might have just made up. Um, the psychiatrist, the psychologist yesterday, he says it looks like it's a behavioral Tourette's. Um, and she has an uncle with Tourette's, so it very well could be a Tourette's. But instead of just ticking and swearing, which she also does, um, she gets exceptionally violent, just like that. Um, so yes, and she's a big nine-year-old, or eight-year-old, almost nine-year-old. So and if I was being physically, physically strong. Physically strong. She does gymnastics, and she swims, and she, she, she should be more active in my mind, but she is, she is active in ways that make her very strong and very interesting to um, cope with when she's in full, full barrel mode. <laughs> and there is no flight with Lucy, by the way. Um, that that it's fight just flight. Fine. It's just fine. It's fight. Yeah, okay. that's, there is no flea. She will take anything, anyone on. You may hear that there is adult content in this, um, even sure. though the adult content comes from an eight-year-old. Um, but yeah. Yeah, and I think, so, you know, and I'm going to ask dumb questions like, it would seem reasonable to think, and you know, even things we've talked about before, that that must come from somewhere. Yeah. You know, it must be you. It must be TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is what it, is it? Bad parenting, right? What you, you know, and I guess I also want to explore. Like, you get autism, and you go, oh yeah, well, we know what that is. Yet the stories that you tell about her behaviour are so uh, yeah, far and outside. And the autism, we really actually, as much as we would like to think we know <laughs> what it is, right. There is so much we don't. But as like an ignorant 
person, you know, coming you out of one, you go, oh yeah, autism, you know, I've seen the Big Bang Theory. Right? You either no. see the good doctor, or he's an Asperger's-style autism, which supposedly doesn't exist anymore due to the new Diagnostic Manual 5, right? Right. And one of the reasons is because they weren't getting funding to help support them in their needs, which yep. they really do need, and it is, it you know, was always considered high-functioning right. um, ASD, but now it's actually high-functioning ASD, so ASD is in the title, and it shows that they do need to get the support, support. and have, have more, more success in accessing it, I think. You know, again, anybody out there who hears something that is totally wrong, blatantly wrong, let, let me know. Yeah, um, <laughs> but we're going from we're going from my point of view on this, which is one point of view. And when we went to the psychiatrist, sorry, there's lots of psych people in our lives. Psychiatrist, yeah. um, who is absolutely brilliant. We've gone through databases. We've gone through behavioral analysis. We've gone through, you know, blood tests, diet, um, um, DNA. Um, how she metabolizes stuff. I mean, we've really looked at Lucy under a microscope, literally. And as of right now, and seriously, in the last two weeks, three weeks, we have two new sets of letters to add to what Lucy's doing. Yeah. So, you know, there's a pathological demand avoidance syndrome that she seems to tick every box on. And if there is such a thing, and Lucy might be the first to actually be named behaviorally Tourette's, um, behavioral Tourette's is, then you know, so that's also part of it. Yeah. But underlying it all, she still has autism. Yes. And she's still your daughter. <laughs> and she's still my daughter. And she's Which still my daughter. You find yourself and in a very interesting position. And I guess this is where we get to talking about why we want to do this. Yes, we've known each other for years. And yes, yeah. over those years, you know, I've heard the stories and we've had those therapy sessions around what, what's going on. And, you know, part of that is understanding you know, what's going on in your life. But also, I, I do recall a time when you were saying, you know, having advice from other autistic parents of autistic kids uh, saying it's like this or it's like that and you saying that it is so much different. And I guess that's the thing. It's not... There's no ulterior motive to tell people how it is, um, but more to explore the, <laughs> the nature of Lucy... I guess it's well, to say it, it's okay. It, it's, yeah. Other people might be going through things that are similar. Um, it's very difficult to say that any of it's the same as anyone yeah. else. But and the whole the purpose of this is not to say to everybody else, "Suck eggs." My life is worse than yours. <laughs> okay, because seriously, when stuff is going on with your child, it's hell. It's really hell, and all you can do is your best to make it better. Yeah, and you know, every time we get fantastic. Um, not really advice, but all of this, really, people really hope it's going to get better. People really do. And the thing is, is every time, almost every time we hear that, it gets worse. And it's not necessarily worse in a, a it just changes. And as she gets older and as she goes through all the changes in life, which she's, you know, because of the way that she's lost most of her teeth way early. Everything has happened a little bit early that way. Milestones, physical milestones have happened developmental milestones have been missed but the physical milestones are happening she's a big kid and she's going to go through puberty soon and then well look out <laughs> yeah. you know so that's going to then add to this mix it will change what she's doing now 
yeah, there's no stability in, in treatment or management. Well, not that we know yet, but we're, we're looking at it. Course, there's, there's medications and things like that. There's mood stabilization. There is um, anxiety-lowering medications. There's blood pressure-lowering medications that we can utilize. And then there's antipsychotic medications. And some of the things when she says, you know, she says, Daddy, I'm going to go across the street and stab the children and make their parents cry. That makes me think, oh my god, we need the antipsychotics as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. But is she actually going to do that? I don't know. She has gone sneaking down the hall after my wife, going, I'm going to go stab mommy, and she had the big the big kitchen knife. Um, which reminds me, I have to get all the tips rounded off. All of the knives. This, of all the knives this weekend. Yeah. Because, yeah, you know. Because that could be... <laughs> so to, to get it out of the yeah, way, yeah. worst case scenario, and let's get it out of the way, because this, this is going to be a sad and funny... Situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. What yeah. the fuck? Like, yeah. are you looking at? Because I remember a conversation, and we haven't really gone there again because it's, there's no point doing it until it happens. But Lucy goes through puberty. She, you know, even before she's, you know, certain like classified as an adult, there's certain behaviours here that are really worrying. And you know, you're really, looking out for twenty four seven. There's yes, there's some carers coming in and out, but potentially. A decision, yeah. a, a decision may be forced upon you. It's not something that you would necessarily choose to yeah. institutionalize. Or... Yeah. Well, it's the institutionalization doesn't exist, right? Right in in a way that is in any way therapeutic or helpful for the person. It does exist in jail and actually going into the prison system. It does exist, and there are kids in, that in prison because there's nowhere else for them to be safely. And for the safety of others, this is not good, and it's not—it's not the thing that people really want to do. But there are some of those those kids. There are also kids who are a little bit luckier in the fact that their families are better off in that, and have looked into have more access to government, which we are very lucky to have that access as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they have that access to the government, and then you've got—they're called the million-dollar kids—and that's how much it takes a year to look after them. And that's because they actually built some of them their own house and staff it with people who are professionally trained to look after them mm-hmm. and their their specific needs. And that is really difficult to do because each case is a little bit different. Sure, you know. So it has to be bespoke for each each example. And we you know we don't need to necessarily, yeah. but we can yeah. cover the, like the societal because yeah. you might think that's crazy. But then I think through the stories that we're going to explore, you can see well, why and how that might be yeah. necessary. Yeah, and the thing is, is someday we may have to give Lucy up. Now, the thing is, right now, we could, but then we would lose any parental control. We would lose any of our, our any of our care for her. We would have no decision. And you are, give her up. have her best interests at heart. Yes. And you are not, the primary of your parents. Yeah. If she did go into the system now, she would probably be put with a foster home. And it, it just wouldn't work. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be fair on the foster parents, the other foster kids, if there were them, any kids, pets. Nothing is really safe, and no one is really safe if Lucy goes off. And that's the thing. She's, when she is lovely, she is so amazingly lovely and cute. She is absolutely delightful. She is charismatic. She looks like Cupid. She's got this, looks like this little chubby little, little angel and she is not. And then she will whip out, you know, goes from Lucy to Lucifer. And that's, um, 
you know, as as much as as much as as people think that's pretty horrible. It's um, it's not it's not what Jay what Jay Z would do. It's what Lucifer would do, and it's a dual thing because Lucy at one point is is behaving in in some way, and then she she Jekyll and Hyde's into this other character, and we're we're finding those triggers, but we still don't know, and they happen so quickly, Um, and that that's the thing. But Lucy was was actually being looked after at um, Ricky Stewart House, which is fantastic. Can't say enough good about it. Big um, ups to Ricky Stewart House. Mary Mead and all that. Like, we're getting so much support. And that's what I don't want to sound ungrateful about, is like, because we are getting so much support. But Lucy is like a black hole for support. She, 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 will, she will. And, you know, you get two people with her and she needs a third. And then a fourth and a fifth. And then you've got five people that are all having their lives dominated by this eight-year-old who starts to pull the puppet strings, not maliciously and not cognitively, but she'll make them dance. She makes them dance to her tune, and then it's all good until someone doesn't or makes a mistake. And then... And then all bets are off. All bets are off. A woman was, was... I was introducing to Lucy. Gave her the same instructions. Stay an arm's length away. Always keep your eyes on Lucy. Never allow a child to be in range without you being between Lucy and that child. Or a dog, or a cat, or anything, right? Don't do that. She goes, well, so what's the trigger? I said, yeah, I wish I knew. Sometimes it's proximity. Sometimes it's the fact that everybody has taken their attention away from her for just that split second, and she needs to get it back. Who knows what it is? She feels insecure about something. She feels unable to make a decision. So if, you know, and if there's something she can possibly do that is bad, she will do it to get it out of the way. And she's like, okay, we played, we talked, we went outside, we swang. Lucy was delightful. She was telling her stories about Tutankhamun and all of the the gods of ancient Egypt, which she is, you know, this is a very ASD thing to have a specialization in knowledge. Ancient cultures... She, she's got it nailed. She was telling her all about this. It was time to go to the toilet. And this person said, I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it. I said, okay, just remember everything, you know. Stay distance. Boom, boom. She's like, okay, okay. So Lucy was on the toilet. Jackie went to help. And Lucy just nailed her. I mean, she slapped her so hard across the face. And her face came straight towards me. And instead of reacting like most people who get slapped by Lucy with outrage, being shocked, being angry, and, and being disciplinary towards Lucy, she had this big smile, and she said to me, I get it. And she stood up and goes, oh, Lucy, I'm sorry, I crowded you, and talked through it. Lucy was calm, and they went up from there, and she handled it beautifully. I don't know another person on earth who could have done that better with Lucy. So this person was really good. This person is now in another job somewhere else and, and, and works hard and is incredibly good at stuff. She has another carer who is really similar. Um, Robbie is brilliant. And Robbie has that same attitude. And you know, flying, flying on from that, I want to ask, you know, if you caught that slap. <laughs> oh, man, it's so hard not to have that flash of, you know, I'm, I'm a parent. So I was, you know, I was brought up. I was brought up in the air because I'm old, that, um, which probably relates to all of this anyway, but... You know, corporal punishment wasn't quite as frowned upon in my youth, all right? And so 
a parent is there to tell a child what to do, Everybody's how to do it, right, wrong, set them up for life, teach them all of the skills that we've got ourselves and do this stuff. And with Lucy, none of it works. Discipline with Lucy? No. She has no idea what cause and effect is. She just doesn't. We're still working on this. And again, if there's anybody out there who you know has had someone go through this and then all of a sudden found the magic bullet that makes it cause... It makes this effect happen, and look, and then it goes, that'd be great. That'd be amazing. But when she bit me at the age of two and a half, maybe, uh, two and a half or three, she bit a chunk out of my side, because we were wrestling on the couch, and she got too crowded or whatever, and she bit me, a chunk out of me, and I had this reaction that isn't good, but I whacked her on her bottom very hard. And she was wearing a nappy, made a big noise, but it was, prob- it was probably too hard, actually. But my child smiled, and Lucy looked at me and said, Do it again, Daddy. Do it again. Do it again. And it was that moment right there that I should have, you know, entirely seen everything else that has happened from that moment. That, if you had to draw it back to a moment of realization, it's one of the things I wanted to ask. You know, when did you realize... That was, for me, the one that made me realize that my child is not going to be able to be corrected normally, able to be taught normally, able to do much normally. My wife knew it well, well earlier. Right. Um, but that's because she also didn't breastfeed normally. She, you know, my wife knew something was off very early on. I, I think, trust my wife. But I thought, you know, this is our first child. What do we know? Maybe this is just this weird normal thing, the weird normal, mm. or the just a little bit abnormal. And it just has gone on from there further and further. She didn't like to play with stuff. She'd pick up a toy and put it down. You'd hand her something, she'd put it down. She'd put it in her mouth and put it down. She'd much rather eat kangaroo poo, which she did, and wombat poo, and emu poo, and she's quite a connoisseur. <laughs> and the more that we would show distress... <laughs> her doing these things, the more she would revel in it. And she'd wait to catch our eyes to make sure that she just got us, and so she could see that initial bit. Again, not cognitively, and not maliciously, but that was the thing that was triggering her dopamine centers. It was triggering everything to, to release, and that was her reward. Her reward centers got just totally stimulated by this. And it's it's just bizarre. Who are you? Oh yeah, uh, I'm Patrick. Patrick. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm an old dad. Uh, we, I had my child when I was 45. Um, and, you know, that's an interesting age to have a child. And right now, she's turning 8 and I'm turning 53, two days before her. So, sure, and, and we've, we've worked together for a few yeah, years. I, I met you when I first started working for Questcon uh, with the Science Circus, which travels around the country doing science shows and public mm-hmm. exhibitions. Uh, and I was uh, tasked with engaging high schoolers, which is a very difficult audience. Uh, and as part of that, we did a travelling uh, 
kind of roadshow thing, career expo, uh, but with local role models who would then present at these events. Yeah. Uh, and to get people to present well for high schoolers, I would go out and train uh, and talk to them about effective ways of doing that and what things they might bring. And I asked for your help in doing that, yeah. and you actually came out and travelled with me and taught me a few tricks and, and, and showed me how that could work. Uh, so we kind of did that together, which was our sort of first introduction, and yeah. you know, subsequently we've worked together for years. Uh, and I think it's, I don't, I didn't realise, I didn't know about Lucy when we first met. I don't think it was until we were working together in the same team a few years later that yeah. we started to have this, you know, back and forth about Lucy. The therapy. The therapy. Because, yeah, it's, it's, it is therapy. It's, it's, it is. And when you were telling me... And it's family planning advice, Rob. (laughs) It's family... The best contraception ever. This could happen to you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Could happen to anyone. Um, And so, you know, and and for me, there's the stories about Lucy. I felt terrible because I laughed. But you told it in such a way that I think, well, you had to laugh because of the the way that it was told. And I guess an audience will decide for themselves whether they think it's funny or not. Um, but if you weren't laughing, that you'd almost be crying, yeah. and, and you know we've shed a few tears. That's yeah, that's yeah. part of it too. I mean, and back to when we would go out and look at people who were presenting and try to show them techniques of presenting. One of the best engagements you can have is to have that juxtaposition of two strong emotions, and hopefully the laughter comes first. And so that not only is a tool for what I do for work, it's actually something that I need to do in my life. Because otherwise, holy shit. <laughs> yes, right? You've got to live it. Right, yes, yes. And by telling the story and by getting a response that... Because I really don't want anybody out there going, Oh, God, this is so sad. And it's this isn't... I mean, it's, it's tragic. It's got all the... You know, it's, Shakespeare could have written this one. Um, my child is Lady Macbeth, and she <laughs> is Hamlet, and she is all of those characters from all of those tragedies. Coralinus, actually, is probably the one that she's closest to. That was the bloodiest one. But anyway, but she... I have to laugh, and I have to be able to share it in a way that does show that funny side of it, and it is... Actually, because you don't want people, you don't want the sympathy, you know, you, know, you know not, what I mean, like people feeling sorry for you it's or not pitying this, yeah, or it's, whatever. That's not, the, the therapy is actually getting an actual real response from somebody who can laugh mm-hmm. and then go, oh my God, I can't believe I just laughed. But that's okay. So I started thinking about this, and I probably mentioned it maybe a year and a half ago, about, you know, getting together and talking about it, but actually recording it. Um, because these stories, like, there was such a wealth and depth of the things that Lucy has done. <laughs> <laughs> to others and herself and to you that I thought, I'm not, I, we should record this and, and, and have those, um, because there's so many different stories, I've never remembered them all. Uh, and, and, and the humorous part for me, and one of the ideas that I, I thought we might explore is, the thing that triggered off for me, when you said things like uh, that, that Lucy would do, and we'll get to one of those in a second, I, I, my brain just jumped, because I guess we were talking about it at work, is what would happen if somebody did that in any other social circumstance? What if an adult did it. I guess I was playing Lucy Ford into adulthood and yeah. thinking that this behaviour might continue. But then I thought about what would what would happen if I did it. What if I was you know, normal and I'm inverted quotes yeah, yeah, in yeah, yeah, here. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and then did something like what Lucy does, you know, those social norms. It just it just completely broke you know, all of the social contracts that, that exist. Uh, and I don't know how people would respond. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you could use it as a, a training technique in corporate, uh, <laughs> a corporate team building, or the opposite. If yeah. some teams need to be taken apart, and then could they back together, could they use these techniques? Um, one of the, you know, one of the things that, if you did that, 
I think that you would be unemployed. Um, I would think that people would, you, you would have very few friends if that was something that you employed as a, as a way of, I'm going to deal with people this way. Very interestingly, Lucy is having success with this. People love her. People, uh, carers and teachers, she tells them such horrible stuff and calls them names and, and racist remarks and horrible things that she's picked up somewhere out there in the world because I think she's got very close to a photographic memory of things she hears. And then she puts them into this use that she doesn't really understand. But it gets a reaction. But it gets this reaction that she just loves. And she found out that when she was young, you know, she asked about body parts. You know, boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. Right? And we pretty clear with that. That's, you that's know, you what it's called. Truth, you just go with it because that's going to yeah. be the most uh, yep. efficient, yep. useful, not lying, all that. No, and it's fine. But she realized that by utilizing those words, some people would get very embarrassed and upset and, and that. And then she realized, not again cognitively, but it, it, it appears that way that she uses it as a tool. It's like, what are the things that can absolutely take this to the extreme? This social this, situation. Social situation, this, this whatever she's... And what can take it to the extreme? What can either get me removed from this if I want to go away? What is going to make that person who I want to embarrass? Right? So she used to always, when something would startle her, she'd get upset. She'd yell, look at my vagina. Look at my vagina. You know? And then she realized that if she took off her pants and yelled, look at my vagina, that people would get a little bit more upset by this. All right? Now, we would be riding a bike. She would have a mirror, like a little bit of a, a jarring moment. And that, at that moment, it, her system would get flooded by whatever... Um, whatever triggers know. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, you know, her adrenaline levels would go up and her reaction to that, which is turning out to be embarrassment, we think. Embarrassment is like the worst thing Lucy feels and it, it might be the trigger of a lot. But anyway, we don't know for sure. But she would then turn her bike up into somebody's driveway try to break into their house, be screaming obscenities at them, and you screaming, look at my vagina, look at my vagina, I'm going to break into the house, ha ha, I'm going to prank you, daddy. And then she's, I'm going to get naked, I'm going to wee on the ground, I'm going to poo on the ground. And she would do this whole thing. And she would love that so much because the horror would show through on my face. Now I've gotten better or immune or something to that, so it doesn't happen quite so often. But like she had a, a teacher's assistant, and the one thing that the teacher's assistant would say is, whatever you do, Lucy, today, don't say vagina. <laughs> so guess what Lucy would say? The word of the day, just like on Sesame Street. <laughs> Although, this one has never been the word of the day on Sesame Street. And the entire North Ainsley School um, learned the words for the human body and continued to every single day because Lucy found out that if she said that word, this certain person would react in a very entertaining way for her. What happened early, like, you know, yes, Uli knew, Uli, his Patrick's wife, you know, yeah, Uli, yeah. yeah. She knew due to the, the breastfeeding, Lucy would just flop out in a wrong way. It was always just really difficult. Um, Lucy, after we gave her solid food, never slept through the night. Um, we now know a lot more about that, but that's 
you know, you'll have to tune in at another episode mm. to find out all about the metabolistic stuff and the dietary things. Um, so she wouldn't sleep. She couldn't sleep without us. And the way that she would fall asleep as a baby, unfortunately, was with her hand on Lucy's upper lip, rubbing it. And she would just rub it in this little tiny circle with her index finger of whichever hand was there, and sometimes both. And she would fall asleep that way. Due to one of Lucy's chromosomal anomalies, um, syndromes on the 10th chromosome, it's a, a bit of DNA, a bit of, of genetic code that's been triplicated for the glutamate receptors in her brain. But the glycine receptors that are the opposite have not been triplicated. The, the gene there hasn't been triplicated. What does that mean? We will never know until we can dissect my child, but we're not going to go there. But... So we don't know on a microscopic and cellular level what that's actually doing in her brain. But we think brain chemistry is a little bit weird, and we also think the brain plasticity is very, it's rigid. Right? So she has to do things that she's always done. And to this day, and it's just swapped again. So for the last, like, six months, Uli has been the flavor of the six months. Um, Lucy couldn't fall asleep without Uli laying next to her having this done rubbing her lip rubbing her lip and her face and pulling her face in and sticking it just like clinging and even after she has beaten us yelled at us told us all to go fuck ourselves to all that kind of stuff then she starts to do just like a baby do the lip going like like nursing yeah like sucking suckling yep and the lip and now I'm flavor of the, the while I so you get your face like, against her, so yep, her I, lay, I have to lay down and she that's the only way she can fall asleep is by by doing that and then I can get away some days some nights some days to go out and actually sit down on the couch and eat dinner and do stuff other like things, that do, do other, other things, things. Yeah. which is inc- incredible yeah. we've never been able to have dinner together because what she's eating it's there, but if I'm eating something, even if it's the same thing, she <laughs> needs to eat mine. Okay. And she won't let us to it. And then if we talk to each other at all, her food ends up on either us, the floor, or the ceiling, thrown somewhere. So there can be no conversation in our house that doesn't include her if she is awake, which is a lot of the time. If she wakes up in the night, which we now know is due to if she gets certain chemical... Um, reactants in her metabolism it causes her to burn her melatonin incredibly fast the melatonin is our sleep hormone or is i don't know if it's a hormone i think it is but anyway it's it's the thing that our body produces all day and then releases at night when it gets dark and that helps us get sleepy and it helps us sleep all night long and we use it up over the course of that six eight hours that we we go lucy's already burning it fast so she she's burning up that melatonin already fast just with her the genetics she's gotten from Uli and I. But as soon as she gets cruciferous vegetables or any smoke or anything that's been browned, if you make a cake and it's got the crust on it, right, bread, any myopic reaction. Any myopic reaction is pff, makes her go into hyper mode of metabolizing that and she will sleep for maybe two hours. And then she's awake. I mean just reflecting on that, you know, if that were that's that's an incredibly difficult situation. We just found this out six months ago. All right, up until six months ago, she was awake, and she would sleep for forty-five minutes at a time. And developmentally, that's got issues. Like, like, yeah, so so it can't have helped. It it can't have helped the way that she has been. 
I have to say though, she's usually pretty happy when she wakes up, or she's maniacally evil. Right. So, so very she's not really crying. She doesn't cry. No, she's like, ah, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you, Daddy. I'm gonna prank you. I'm gonna hit you with this, and she'll throw stuff at you, and she'll grab anything she can to hit you with, and she'll. I'm gonna strip myself naked. I'm gonna put on the bed. I'm gonna, and then we have to take her because she will put on the bed. She's got this amazing ability to almost poo at will, but that's you know. And so, in another circumstance, and at two in the morning, at two in the morning, this is is interesting. So, my wife and I don't sleep in the same bed anymore because Lucy has to be in our bed. She she's never slept in her bed. All right, never made it. Um, so one of us usually gets an okay night's sleep until Lucy wakes up. If Lucy wakes up, then the one of us in the other room wakes up, and we listen. And as soon as we hear it's prank time, or if any of that sort of, then we have to be up, and it's a two-person job to keep her under control and safe so she's not going to hurt herself, break stuff, shatter windows, um, slam doors, slam her fingers in the doors, do all, you know, she, she doesn't have good proprioception, so she, she will hurt herself mm. um, without really thinking about it and knowing that. And, you know, after two and a half hours of sleep... This you're is, not the sharpest yeah. tool in the shape. Yeah, you're not the sharpest Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we, we, we do our best there. And then one of us will usually be able to go and sleep a little bit more, but it's really just dozing off with one ear open to try to, to make sure until, danger. until you hear the, the, the quiet and then you go back to sleep. Well, like, for instance, last night, um, there was smoke in the air, I think, yesterday from controlled burns. And so Lucy woke up at, I think, about 2.30 and just was up and we gave her some extra melatonin and um, a b- little bit of um, she takes catapress to lower some blood her blood pressure a little bit so we gave her a, a small amount of that and then she fell asleep again at about 6 15 <laughs> precisely not that <laughs> anyone was looking at and the... not that anyone was going oh my god but she was doing this she was doing the the, the face rub again and, yeah. the, and the suckling thing so that as soon as that starts to happen you know alright we're past the Maniacal. The maniacal, evil, and just loving. And the thing is, she's gleeful. It's glee that she's... It's, I mean, she looks like she won the you know World Cup when she hits you with a, a tissue box, or, you know, and, and goes, Daddy, I'm going to throw this. And just to see your reaction is mm. just so... She loves it so much. What about you, then? Your reactions, do you now not... We try... I try really hard not to. Uli is better at it. And what Uli is better at it. I'm better if I laugh, but that's a real fine line. If I laugh at the wrong time, she feels laughed at, and then it just, then she gets Escalate. pissed off. Then she's like, Da-da. and then it's, it's not even gleeful anymore. It's just really angry. Really angry. Um, Uli, at the moment, we, we go through cycles. Um, Uli's always been fantastic at just being calm, talking quietly and calmly. But now, even with her, she's we're losing our patience with this. And so the tone of voice can come across. Lucy, while not cognitively or by any means of a thought process, can pick up how you are feeling faster than you can almost. She knows if I'm going to be stressed before I'm stressed. She can tell by if the way I'm moving towards the door, if I'm feeling a little bit rushed. And if I show that, then she will be like a mule and sit down and not let me get to work. And <laughs> not let mommy go to 
her workshop that she's got to go to, or she will manipulate it in a way, again, not cognitively, but she will stop us from doing that. That's weird. Anyway. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So that's, that's who Lucy is. That's Lucy. That's who we are. That, that's, yeah. You know, that we are helicopter parents, but it's really weird. It's like, we know Lucy's going to be fine, but we're, we're actually protecting other people's kids. Um, yeah. So there's, there's that one. So there's the doctors who said, no, this isn't a thing. There's diet. There's the stuff that one of our doctors said, that diet has nothing to do with anything like this. That there's no proof whatsoever that gluten is going to do anything to my child. That there's no, you know, dairy, all this stuff. We're just crazy. And, and that um, but we see it we see when she has gluten she gets a runny nose she doesn't sleep well and she gets little bags under her eyes and it's really weird um, she doesn't have celiac she doesn't get an upset stomach from it but she has another reaction she has another reaction so it's almost like the history of medicine being like because we find things out through trial and error yeah. and studies and then you have this anomaly that you have to start from scratch to work out what processes... I mean, not scratch, scratch, scratch. You know, no, scratch no. Probably, they're still, still and living into a carbon-based life form. As Lucy would tell you, in ancient Egypt, they would take, if you had an eye infection, they would take a pig's eye, grind it up, and smear it in your eye. And that would help you. <laughs> I learned this from we, my child. We've gone back to ancient yeah. Egypt. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. you need to find like a, some kind of animal that's displaying the same behaviors, grind it up, and smear it. And smear it over my child. <laughs> I think a Tasmanian devil might, oh, might, might devil. be. Uh, yeah. Might be. I don't know. I, I don't know. Oh God. Yeah, and I just you know again I don't know whether we'll end up including this. I think I put myself in people's shoes. I think I empathise, and I'm. I just. I I think you're amazing. I don't well, think I could. Right. I think about it, and of course, when you're in it, it's different. And we're all probably got a deep reserve of resilience that we don't realise. But I think about what you, you're dealing with. And I don't think I could do it. And I certainly don't think I could do it with the poison grace uh, and, and, and positive attitude that you bring no, I, I every day. I don't know if there's poison grace. Oh. You, you know. Yeah. Look, and as time goes on, it gets... It, it, your patience wears thin. Shit, I can... I hear you. It does. Well, she's getting so big that we can't... You know, I can't physically just by my... I, I can, but just barely. And, so and there's only a matter of time until that changes. Yeah. And, and then now, you're in danger. Yeah. Oh, well, we are already, you know, I've lost a tooth. I've been kicked in the head, lost my hearing, which did lead to something else that, that actually ended up being a good thing. But um, all, all of those types of things. But even before you knew that, you came in with a very positive attitude about that. I mean, far yeah. silver linings, but... Yeah. But yeah, I mean, kicked in the head, all of the stuff that has happened, I just, yeah, I just have no idea yeah. that I would be able to deal with it with anywhere near as much... Um... Well... One of the things that makes it happen, and one of the things that has made it easier, is the amount of support that I do get from friends, and and work colleagues in that, and and people who are both. So, the ability to actually be able to say something very bluntly, even though it's you know yes, my child says you know to a group of Filipino people, you fucking Chinese people, and gives them the finger. This is something that she says. This is not. A nice thing. This is not anything she's gotten from right. us at home. 
And it's I not a reflection idea. upon you, except well, that it's your child. But that people are going to, you know, people have to say. I mean, she runs outside and, outside and screams, fucking neighbors. And strips herself naked. And strips herself naked and says, you know, and starts running down the road. It's, you know, these are the things that, yeah. And I think there's a, there's a question yeah. in that too. I mean, the, the, do all your neighbors know? Yes, well, we actually, we actually now do a, we should probably do another one soon, but we actually took around and did a mailbox drop of just a little description of Lucy and who we are with our phone number on it so that people could contact us if they had witnessed something that was incredibly um, wild. wild, wild, or, or incredibly disturbing. Disturbing, yeah, and, sure. and that. You know, or worrying, or, or worrying, or anything, or these things. Yeah. And you know, one of the things we're getting, but anyway, all of that, I can actually put into the the places in my mind where it needs to go, and I can process this stuff, which seems almost unprocessable at times to other people, due to the fact that I can tell you, due to the fact that I can say to certain people, and and I have that opportunity be able to do that so I do apologize if that's causing any heartache to you oh, no. or to anybody else as well because or anybody out there is listening you can turn this off but <laughs> <laughs> you know at, at any time um, but it's a part of this is also I think that knowing you and knowing this situation about you and how you deal with it is actually quite inspirational and I think part of the motivation for me is that people don't know yeah. people don't know uh, and I think that that's Bullshit. Yeah. I think that, you know, not that everybody needs to know everybody's personal business, but... Yeah, there's that fine know, line, and, and I, you have to let me know if I cross that. Oh, for me, no. I, I, you need to, you know, that's that's the thing. There are so many people that I get to talk to now that have come to me and I said, you know, actually my child is on the spectrum, and we have a really hard time with it. But hearing about you makes me feel, okay, I can do this. And that's really cool. Um, it's fantastic. But I really hope that they're not feeling like, oh shit, I've got to suck it up because, you know, he's got to deal with more. Now, we deal with what we've got and it's always... We always calibrate always, to what we've got. Yeah. And so it's... And it's always difficult. It is... Difficult is difficult. Just like normal is normal to you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And again, sadness, no. but how do you look... How do you look back on it? Because I, I keep thinking about this in, you know, my life. You look back and you go, I've had good experience, bad experience... But this is, you know, losing your child, and you know, you love yeah. her, and you yeah. look after her, and but you look back at these series, and we laugh about them, and sure, there's there's a funny yeah. side. There's, I'm sure there's times where you're like, yeah, containing laughter, but you look back at that, you know, I don't know, that stories, the, those situations, those experiences you've had. How do you think about them? Yeah, I don't know. They're, they're just your experiences. They're experiences. They're they're a thing that that I can't put to much individual value on any of it. It's funny because you talk about contraceptive. Yeah. But it's the flip side for me in in a lot of ways because despite your child being this way, they're full commitment. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't, don't, you know, maybe it's societal pressure on, you know, you having to commit, but you are positive, loving, and and fully committed. No, I mean, yeah, we we have, there's a lot of, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, a lot of, a lot of marriages, partnerships, et cetera, et cetera, break down under the, the strains of um, kids with autism and that. And there's a lot of real interesting comments on the, there's a, a website, uh, a Facebook, the Casper, which is the um, ACT's um, 
um, for parents and carers. Casper Group for, for parents and carers of, of ASD. Of ASD, yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, you read about all this, this thing about, you know, I'm really worried about my child because they're doing this, 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 and this, and my husband says that's normal. And so there's this real split between that. There's also people who just refuse to admit. But there's a problem. Because I think that they take it as a personal thing. Like, it's like, oh, there's a problem with me because my child has this. And that's the part that I really want to come across is it's like, no. Just like in the olden days when they used to say that it was the cold mother syndrome that caused autism. The mother was cold and unloving, and therefore the child was an autistic kid. Oh, wow. And this was, it's just, the blame was on the mother. And this, there's still a little bit of that out there, and it's, it's really weird. It's really weird that, that that, and so I think the mother gets lumped with a huge amount of the care. And in, in our case, I think that happens. Also, I think Lily does take the majority of the care at times. Sometimes I can help. Um, and we still try to be able to deal with our own jobs and, and keep our jobs. A lot of people have to quit their job and, and do this with, with kids with less noticeable, anyway, and less heard about um, tendencies than my child. Mm-hmm. They have to quit their jobs. They have to look after their child. Their child gets suspended from school because they're in, and they're in preschool. Mm-hmm. There's just a statistic yesterday that you know had doubled the number of preschool kids who'd been suspended from school and sent home in Queensland last year was double the 578 that had happened the year before or something like that. It was just bizarre numbers of kids that are getting sent home from preschool for behavioral issues. It, it's really interesting. The you know, we should probably just do an episode on, on just about the funding of these types of things yeah. and how much, you know, and, and what, what we have done to accommodate our child and what funding issues people are having. The NDIS is trying their best, and as much as they're under fire, and a lot of people bitch and complain about them, and I'm sure that there are reasons for that. And that's also because they're a government department. They have to run on that line. They've got ASL issues just like we do. Yep. They have this this much money to try to appease this amount of people. Yeah. And who have probably been traditionally under-supported. Under-supported or, and in that group, there are probably some who have taken advantage of the system. I'm going to right, say there's, be a percentage there's a percentage of people in every group that has, whether knowingly or unknowingly. And sure. that's, that's absolutely you know a legitimate thing. Some people are unknowingly overfunded and that's great. Good for them. Um, and that... But it does put a strain on the system. It does put a strain on the system. Yeah, I agree. And then you've got, you know, like Lucy, and for us to stay, and and this is the important part of the NDIS, and this is where people can actually talk to them about this, is part of my child's care through NDIS is to keep me being a valuable member of society. Yeah, because we're actually contributing. And to keep Lily as a valuable member of society who is contributing to her field of geology and doing excellent research and excellent support of the research school of her sciences and me to do what I do which is to communicate even in this way this is actually as important really the other work we do for sure it's it's one of the things and and so we should get my fiance Ash is also a geologist yeah yeah very different yeah (laughs) Yeah. no that's you know I but think that so would be a good thing to do. That's, that's I think, the, the important thing. And the NDIS is there to help the parents stay 
parents. They don't want broken marriages. They don't want people split up because basically that ends up costing society as a whole a lot more because then there's more depression issues, there's more um, substance abuse issues, issues, there's all that. And and yes, you know, Lily and I found ourselves about three months ago self-medicating a little bit too much with alcohol and Mm -hmm. we're stepping back from it and going, actually, we need to, you know, be here for our child as long as we can. We're not going to get rid of it because, come on, the medicinal... Reasons are yeah, <laughs> yeah. for medicinal purposes only. Um, but yeah, analgesic properties. Yeah, yeah, exactly for the for the benefits of yes, and my young tender skin. Anyway, but um, <laughs> but yeah, so these are some of the things that hopefully people can then when they go in to deal with the NDIS and to take their and this review context. their plans, yeah. they can say that actually one of the things I do need out of this is the respite. We need to be able to be actually a married couple. We need to be able to have these moments where, of you know, normal doesn't exist except it's normal. Um, but we need these moments when we can do this and maintain, maintain the bits and, outside of. And that way, we can maintain being decent parents, and we can maintain and have that little that moment to be able to parent this child, rather than end up like the guy a few years back that you read about. Uh, tossed two kids off a bridge and jumped off himself. I will almost guarantee you that those kids were on the spectrum somewhere or disabled in some way or there, there was a reason that this man could not cope anymore. But he wasn't going to inflict those kids on anybody else either. Now I'm putting a little bit of that into his into his defense and there is no defense to do that because that's, that's wrong. There was the woman who drove her you know, five kids into the lake because she couldn't cope anymore. Now, that was probably more of a depression on her part, but maybe one of those kids had such special needs that it just drained that bit out of her. Mm. And I guess this is in the context of, you know, a couple of years ago, stories around, you know, the child that was being put in a cage. cage. Now, obviously, in that context, that is so wrong, But and then you ask questions, why were they just evil people? But then, again, with Lucy, a padded room... And not that's going to help because of at the same behaves, time, but you know what is, I mean? at the same time that the the the, the cage incident, um, we almost made the papers ourselves with Lucy because she was in early intervention at Mary Bernard Primary School. Absolutely wonderful. The school was great. Her teachers in the early intervention unit were great. There were four kids, two teachers, or three kids, two teachers, and then for a lot of the time they had a separate room about like the one we're in. That so had, a, had a book box screen made Yeah, 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 yeah. So a little, little, yeah. It's not very big, but it had a bookshelf and a couple of games and a sofa that land. And that was the room for when someone was acting dangerously. They could go in there. It was fairly safe. There was not a lot of stuff they could damage. It would also keep the other kids safe from them. Lucy was the most dangerous kid. If another kid would get upset, she would go in and attack. Um, it was kind of a bizarre thing that my father used to say was, I'll give you something to cry about. Well, Lucy actually was, it was like you're crying. She's the embodiment of, but I'll give her, you something to cry about. It was, it was, she didn't know the cause and effect thing. Someone's crying. I haven't hit him yet. <laughs> <laughs> I have to finish, I have to, I have to, I have to close the circle, whatever yeah, the circle yeah. is. I have to go give get, them the reason so I can understand it. Yeah, you know. yeah. That's why they're crying is because I hit them. That's but right. I they're crying, yet, I hit them. You know, sometimes yeah. I just hit them and then they cry. Same thing, doesn't matter. In her brain, I think that that's so they would have to move her. The school got overcrowded, as all schools have become lately, and especially in the ACT, there's been a big baby boom. 
they had to take that room back to the school, so it couldn't be used for that. There was a special walkway into the early intervention room with a very high fence, looking about like a dog run, and a very big childproof gate at the other end that no way Lisa could ever get out of, or any kid could, and separate from the rest of the school ground or anything. So it was just this, like, probably six meter, five to six meter long, dog two meter, one point five meter wide hallway thing outside. Across is the synagogue. Lucy, kids got a tight in the room. They had to move Lucy. There's only two teachers. There's three kids. Lucy got put outside. And it was winter. Luckily, Lucy follows along my side of the family and has a little bit of body fat. All works. That's good. She was fine out there. She was yelling. She wasn't happy. She was screaming, and she was yelling obscenities, and she eventually actually even took her pants off and smeared poo all over the wall. All that stuff is cleanable. All that stuff is, is you can take care of it. If she does that to a kid, it's, it's a lot worse. Yeah. It's, right? So this is, this is from our point of view. We had also spoken with them about the change in the room situation and said, you know, yes, you have to do what you have to do. And they said, yes, we, we, we put a coat on her and we put her out. If it's cold, we, you know... Sure. And this. A well-meaning rabbi who's in... There's a synagogue just across down this little thing, and his office looks out on the Lucy run, and he actually felt that that was an abuse of Lucy. And I can't blame him for thinking that. No, right? sure. It's a, because, it's a reasonable thing, in fact, because in, kind of in all of his in all of his experience, this would be with a neurotypical child or with anybody. This would have been constituting abuse. However, in this situation, it actually was was keeping her and those kids safer than if she was in the room. All right. Mm-hmm. So the police were called, as far as I know. I think the police were called. But no, 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 he called the principal of the school first and said that he was going to call the police, but he didn't. He said that he would then contact media because it was like the kid in the cage thing. Mm-hmm. And luckily, the school was really... We've always been the type of parents who've been very open and said, you need to talk to us. If there's something we're doing that's upsetting the school, if there's something that our child is doing, we need to work together to make sure that that works because we understand our child... And going into your system, you're going to have to make some adjustments. pretty big adjustments, and we want to help that. We want to facilitate it. Yeah. So we've had a really good relationship with with most of the schools that we've, we've been in, and with. Um, so the principal came to us, and we said, "No, no, 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 no." And we talked to the, the rabbi, and we, Uli, basically said, "No, this is actually something that we, as the parents, have said under certain circumstances has to happen, and it's it's for this reason." And then he understood. And so it didn't end up in the paper. It didn't end up being part of that that ongoing saga of, you know, putting that up there. Now, the kid in the cage, I don't know enough about it to really comment on it. Um, I do know that that some, some kids, like Lucy, if she knows that she can hurt hurt someone over there, and she can reach you, and she's going to hurt you, She's going to do it sooner than later because she's going to get it out of the way so she doesn't have to worry about hurting you because otherwise all she can do is worry that she's going to hurt you. And rather than sit here and eat her lunch... And worry. She's going to worry about hurting you. Mm -hmm. She can't even eat her lunch because she's so worried about hurting you that she's just going to hurt you, get it over with, 
and then go back to lunch. And then, go, then she can eat lunch because either you are gone or she is gone and they take her lunch with her and she doesn't have to worry about it. So that's, yeah, anyway. But yeah, so that, that whole thing about is some kids actually need that. With this, back to your thing about management style, the Lucy management style, which mm-hmm. we can call this, or the, um, oh yeah. The, the emergency the, response it, procedure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the management style of, you know, oh, my boss just told me I have to do something I don't want. I'm going to strip myself naked and say, look at my vagina. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, A, this doesn't work for me because you can usually tell by my voice that, um, you know, my vagina is fictional. But this type of thing, somehow, she has her own office. She's managed school. to, to through her behavior, managed secure. to secure her own office in a school and because she can be so delightful and, and has these moments of complete Angelic. lucidity, I will call it now, yeah. yes, right? So sometimes she has the lucidity, which I haven't actually, that was just now. It was, <laughs> she's tucked them into painting it a light green, nice, a, a light yellowy green, beautiful spring color, and her desk is bright orange. And it's carpeted, and they put in a heater for her. And now she has her office. They put a unicorn on the wall and her the unicorn posters on the wall. She's got all this stuff. And it's her office. It's nicer than the principal's. It's, principal wish he had that unicorn. I, you know, I, I, the thing the principal does want the unicorn. And I have a feeling when Lucy gets out of um, primary school, the principal's going to take that office. <laughs> Orange desk and all. Orange desk and all. But yeah, anyway. Cool. Let's leave Call it there. It there. And, and sorry, man. I'm no, yeah, that's all right. Brought to you by two low-grade ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>